Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Good morning. Great to have your company. Jimmy Williams and Paul Hazelby. And Hayes, the winner is Perth. Well, sort of. The grand final. It's going to come here, isn't it? Oh, mate, they're already started. The pilgrimage across the Nullarbor to do their quarantine. A lot of the officials, the AFL officials, a lot of the big media stations too, starting to get their big guns over for the call. So no doubt, in my mind, I've been of that belief for the last two weeks, really, that it's just a matter of time until... Victoria and their government concede that it can't happen there, but with their COVID cases and their inability to ramp up between now and the grand final date to an acceptable crowd, it's going to be in Perth and it's going to be awesome. We just need to make sure we uh, control our own house first and we've still got a period of time that we need to get through without COVID. I thought it was a, a tiny little bit odd that the AFL came out and said, Perth is the backup plan if we can't have it in Melbourne. I, I thought it was odd that... The Victorian government and the AFL hadn't already reached an agreement to say COVID is way too out of control in Victoria. We can't do it. So therefore, let's lock it in to be in Perth. That's what I found a little bit odd. Yeah, I think behind the scenes they've locked it in. No doubt about that. But you just never know. Somebody might come out with the cure to COVID tomorrow and then everything goes back to normal. Maybe that's what they're hoping for over there in Victoria. But in all seriousness, it has been a tough time for our counterparts over there in Victoria and also New South Wales. And well done to those clubs. I think we don't speak enough about what the Sydney Swans and the Giants have done this year in a really tough season. Not just the AFL. We've had, obviously, the netball completed. We've had the NRL. For all the athletes to keep the sports going... We've got to give them some credit. And because we whinged a lot. We had the West Coast Eagles whinge a lot last year because they had to go into a hub for six weeks. Mm. Well, last year, all the Victorian teams basically left for 12 weeks. This year, it's the New South Wales teams. And, you know, they've given us a lot of enjoyment through the back half of the footy season by them being on the road. They've been gone a long time, Sydney Mm. and GWS. And now they're all on the road. Basically, for the end of the season, Port Adelaide and Brisbane may get the chance to go home. But New South Wales, they're definitely not. And, of course, Victoria. But what about next year? Are you concerned now about next year? We know that they're going to open up over there in Victoria and New South Wales. But they're going to open up with a lot of COVID cases, aren't they? Because they basically made the decision that they can't get it back to zero. They're just going to vaccinate. But our Premier, he wants to get it down to zero and keep it at zero. So I'm going to find it pretty hard next year for us to integrate in and out of New South Wales and Victoria. So I don't think it's the end for Western Australia. It wouldn't surprise me if our teams actually have to go on the road for periods of time next season. You make a very good point, Hayes. It is a, it's a massive concern if you are Fremantle on the West Coast, working with the state government, working with the AFL, working with all of the other clubs. Because what if he, what if he doesn't change his tune? Well, then yeah. we're in trouble. It's not just those football teams. You're talking about the Wildcats coming up. You're talking about the Perth Scorchers. You're talking about netball. And some of these sports aren't as well off as the AFL. So it's going to be difficult. Cricket is about to come. So we know we've got some cricket games here. But if they're open slather with their approach to COVID in New South Wales and Victoria, 
our Premier's not just going to say waltz in and you can get it done. So it's going to be difficult. What we do know, Hayes, is that the only way forward is for the vaccine is for people to get vaccinated, to keep pushing forward. Let's get the rates up, get it high. And fingers crossed uh, the state governments will work together uh, and hopefully we'll have travel back to normal and we can go to our favourite sporting events across the country soon without having to do isolation. Hayes and I will be back with more soon. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Great to have you company on this Saturday morning. Jimmy Williams and Paul Hayes will be AFL finals time. How exciting. But Hayes, on Thursday night, the All-Australian team was selected. There are a couple of omissions. There are a couple of people on social media complaining about who and who wasn't in the team. The Dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. Don't dig yourself into a hole. Dial before you dig. It is the essential first step. Who do you think was unlucky, Hayes? I think Jake Stringer was unlucky. Given It's hard for sometimes those dual role positions because he goes forward, kicks a number of goals, but he spends a lot of time in the midfield. And I thought he was a match winner. His back end of the season was outstanding. But I know you've got one, and I agree with this one as well. Carlton defender, number one draft pick, Jacob Reedering would have had him in my team. Yep, I've got him in there ahead of Aaliyah Aaliyah, no doubt about that. Um, even ahead of Jake Lever, I thought he was outstanding and, and tough too for that team because, you know, they leak goals. But you can't blame that on a certain individual because he beat many of the, the very best players in the comp. Probably the only one thing against him, he did have a couple of bags kicked on him throughout the season. I think Nick Larkey got hold of him in kick seven. Now, Hayes, what's your definition of a player, so I understand what you're saying. So Larky and Wiedering, they're a direct matchup of one another. They're going head to head. But when you analyse all four quarters of a game, are all of those goals on Wiedering? Or- well, some of the stats will tell you that. There are analysts out there that actually know exactly how many goals you've had kicked on you in a game, whether that's your direct opponent or whether that's somebody else. So I think you'd need to take them into consideration. But you're right, there sometimes is a lot of handover that occurs, and if a midfielder is lazy, then that has a triggering effect towards the defenders. The other dig I want to have is about the squad, all-Australian squad. Why do we bother Mm. with a squad? Just pick the 22. At the end of somebody's career, we don't sit here and go, he played 292 games, he was an all-Australian squad member on six occasions. No. We say he was a three-time All-Australian player. You get it on the Monday and then you get this team on the Thursday. Just announce the final 22. It's like the participation award (laughs) that the kids get at school these days. I'm not sure I agree with you on this one, Hayes, because the selection panel obviously present their squads to, to each other. And if it changed to present their teams to each other, they could be in debate for even longer. No, they would put their... They have to come up with 22 at the end of the day. And by the time they've announced the squads, the 22 is already selected. It's already selected. Is that right? Absolutely. The squad, I reckon, is done. 99% of it's done one to two weeks out from the actual announcement date. Don't you think it would be harder, though, to select... I know, I know what you're saying. So if you're saying the team is selected, well, then... Well, then, yeah, what you're saying makes absolute sense. Why have an extra 18 players? But it must be harder for those selectors to present a case if they're omitting 18 guys from the get-go. No, but when I was playing, there was no squad. 
So they would all come together. And there would be 40 names bandied around. It's just not announced who's close. Like, at the end of the day, you've missed out on the All-Australian. But anyway, we won't get hung up on that. (laughs) What about the wingmen? So there's no wingmen that were included in the All-Australian. Sam Walsh and Zach Merritt. Now, Zach Merritt didn't spend any time on the wing. How do you feel about this? Because I'm not against it. Because I don't think there's many out-and-out wingmen anymore. Sam Walsh certainly plays on the inside. And some people have threw up humour cluggage. But he's not out-and-out wing anymore. He's playing on the inside. And then there's Carl Amon. People threw him up. But he played inside and out. So I'm happy with the best midfielder to get those positions. I know the, the argument to this one is let's stop calling it the All-Australian team by positions. Mm. And let's just select the best 22 players. No, nah, but, but then you miss then out you, the defenders. Well, because then, and, and Ruckman. Yeah. And The forwards. two Ruckman, I'm not, I'm not for the two Ruckman either. Rucks have it the easiest to get in the All-Australian team. You think about how many Ruckman are actually in contention that have had full seasons. So go back, there's 18. How many do you reckon actually play 18 games or more from each team? Oh, it's... One of the hardest positions to lock down, isn't it? So seven or eight players? Yeah. So then two of those get in. So you've got eight players that maybe do that. You've got four every year that maybe do it to a standard that's deserving of all Australian. So two of them get in. So 50% of the decent (laughs) ruckmen get in every year. Compare that to the midfielders. You know, eight get in, but how many are actually playing and going through? You've probably got four from each team. Times that from 18. I don't want to do the numbers because I'll bugger it up. But there you go. So ruckmen, they get the good end of the deal. Australian rules football, hey? It's a unique game, and I suppose that's why we all love it. Hayes, we'll be back with more soon. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Welcome back. Great to have your company on this Saturday morning, Hayes. One of the most unlucky men in football, in my opinion, is former Carlton coach David Teague. Now, I can't see that Carlton to part ways with him unless they already know well and good who's going to coach them in 2022. Yeah, look, it was a debacle, wasn't it, the whole thing? I'm not sure he's that unlucky. He did have two years in the job, two and a half years when he took over. And the expectation of that group was to play finals because this is the club that's been rebuilding for a long time. And they've had a number of draft picks, and that's a different issue. Maybe their recruiting hasn't been right. But the way it was handled was disgraceful because they basically took the second half of his contract of this season away from him because they announced that process that was an external process, and there was a few different members, included Matthew Pavlich and also Graham Wright. And, look, they submitted to the board, and that was at the end of the season. So all the information that they submitted gave him no chance to actually make change. But some of that information was based around defence. And I knew defensively they were average before the process <laughs> even started, and I think they did as well. So maybe the information should have been forthcoming a bit sooner. You look at some other coaches in recent times, like Nathan Buckley, who was really struggling defensively. And what did they do? They went and got Justin Longmuir from the West Coast Eagles at that stage. And he came in as the defensive coach. And all of a sudden, he was excellent for them. And they improved. And Nathan Buckley then looked like a star. So potentially, they could have done that. But they sacked him on the Thursday. They should have sacked him on the Sunday. At the end of their final game, to actually make him go through a week and have exit interviews. And it even got to a stage where some of the senior players actually made a late plea for David Teague. You don't want that because now they're a bit conflicted with the new coach that comes in. This has been a club that has now got five coaches in the last nine years. They had a good one in Brett Ratton. They sacked him after playing finals. They bring in (laughs) Moltau. So they go for a senior one. 
That didn't work. So then they go for somebody different. They go for Brendan Bolton. Defensively, he was good, but they couldn't score. So they sack him because he had no defence. <laughs> then they go to Teague, another coach, younger coach. We'll try something yeah. different. No process was done at that particular stage. And guess what? He was no good defensively, but offensively, he was very strong. And then they go, and if you listen to the rumours now, it's Ross Lyon because they don't want an untried coach because they didn't go through the process before. They're going to not, now they're going to go through no process to get one because it has to be a senior, experienced coach. It is an absolute debacle. Go and get the very best candidate. But now they can't get the best candidate. You know why? Because every coach out there, aspiring coach, knows that Ross Lyon is in the hot seat. So are you going to put your name in there? Because coaches don't like coming second. Because if you come second and third to too many jobs, then everybody asks the question, why does he keep running second Ah, and third for these jobs? So they're not going to put the hat in the ring. So Ross Lyon will get it. There's red flags for me with Ross Lyon, 100%. What are they, Hayes? Well, I think the culture that he has built at football clubs in the past, there's obviously the issue, the HR issue that he had at the Fremantle Dockers. You look at the teams that he's been a part of, and there's been some burnout of the list towards the back end. But he has done a very good job defensively, which Carlton are now looking at. And early in his tenure at those clubs, he's done a pretty good job. So there are, there are some positives. There's some red flags. I would absolutely suggest a process. But the process now is shot to bits because the information coming out was that they'd already spoken to him over the last couple of weeks from Luke Sayers, their president. And even last night, he said he had a 45-minute phone call with Ross Lyon. Well, I wonder which other coaches, aspiring coaches, actually had a 45-minute phone call. They're very strong on this, Carlton. They said they have to play finals next year. So Hang on, hang on. So if they don't play finals next year, does he get sacked? See, the wow. language coming out is just all wrong. That was what I was going to ask you. Hey, are they actually good enough? Is the list in a spot? that they're actually good enough to play finals? Oh, they're about where they are, to be honest. Like, there's some of those younger guys through the midfield that have been issues. You look at their recruiting, too. They get Zach Williams in. He hasn't been the answer. They get Adam Sard in for good picks. He hasn't been the answer. And they haven't got enough out of Paddy Dow, Matthew Kennedy, those types. Does Chera end up there? Can Cripps get back to his very best? I'm not sure with the way the game's played and with the injuries that have come in to his game. So the new coach is going to have some issues trying to work out that midfield. Forward line is okay, but it doesn't have a great small forward. They're very good with the tools. Charlie Kerno clearly is key. Jacob Wettering down back solid, but they've still got some hard decisions to make. Lots of question marks over the future of the Carlton Football Club. It'll be fascinating to watch this off-season. We'll be back with more soon. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. One down, three to go. AFL finals time. What an exciting time to be involved in the football world. Of course, it is the lead-up to the grand final, which we spoke at the top of the show, could be here in Perth, Hayes, but there are three games to go. Sydney Swans taking on the GWS Giants in Tasmania. Who would have thought in our lifetimes we'd have a battle of the bridge in Tasmania? Sign of the times. Warner and Bell come in for the Swans and for the Giants. Mumford, Reed, and Tom Green returns from his hamstring. Stephen Cornelio also named in the team. So fantastic to see him back. I think that's a good move because he is the captain. I still think he's got value. Maybe 
maybe not all through the midfield. He might have to play a bit forward. But both teams come in with a lot of form, particularly the Sydney Swans. Their back end of the season was outstanding. I think that'll be enough to get them through. Buddy Franklin will be good enough to kick four goals, and that will set it up for next week, maybe here at Optus Stadium, for him to kick another four goals. That would be a 1,000, but... We won't be able to charge the field because if we charge the oh, field, those no, no, if they're still in quarantine, which they will be, they'll be in 14-day quarantine. Our premier, he'll call everything off. That, that's what he will do. So do not charge the field next week. But I'm going for the Sydney Swans against the Giants. I'm not so sure about that, Hayes. I know people. No, you can't. <laughs> there will be a police presence. At the people Oval, will, people will go on. they're still in quarantine. And we put, I say this seriously, we put the AFL Grand Final at risk if people charge the field if you've got teams that are in quarantine. Mark you, my will, words. It will happen. Well, if then that, we won't have the Grand happens. Final. Really? Yep. Really? 100% really. <laughs> uh, you haven't you met our Premier? I have, actually. But. So... Well, I go to the footy every week, and when there's a dirty team in, that they're still in quarantine, yeah, heavy, heavy police are. guard very all throughout Optus Stadium. Very strict. They're not going to let that happen. And at Optus Stadium, when you actually look at the ground, there's a big fall. It's a bigger jump. You can't just jump the fence and keep going. So hopefully they do the right thing. Anyway, who are you picking? I'm picking the Giants. All right. Just so we don't have to not have Buddy Key's thousands. <laughs> <laughs> just get rid of it. Kick him out. Melbourne taking on the Brisbane Lions. Begins for the Lions. Harris Andrews and Mitch Robinson. No change for the Demons. James Jordan still can't get into that team. Look, I'm going to go with Melbourne. They've beaten all the good teams. Brisbane, of course, the last three weeks have been sensational. I like what they did against the West Coast, particularly late. But Melbourne, five in the All-Australian team. And they had a couple that missed out too. Salem has had a good year as well. And Bailey Fritz in the forward line. It's a pretty good team now, this demon side. Yeah, they're, I think they're the favourites. If they're not the favourites on the market, I think they're the favourites to actually win the premiership after their minor premiership. And I think they will take care of Brisbane. Bulldogs taking on the Bombers. Scott West, Gardner, Caldwell Phillips, Gleeson all added to the squad. Hard one to pick here because the Bombers fly in and there's been a number of days, thousands and thousands of days since the Bombers have won a final and I think that's going to continue for another 52 weeks because the Bulldogs, albeit they haven't played well, there were some positive signs. They're in a great position against Port Adelaide. So that's good enough for me. They're on top of the ladder with three rounds to go. They'll beat the Bombers. Agree, Hayes. They certainly blew a very good opportunity for a double chance in this final series, but I think they'll account for Essendon. Great to have your company. We'll do it all again next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.